Hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging fields of data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. In this episode, Frank and Andy talk about staying motivated in the new year, answer questions from the audience, and share a little about their secret project. This episode was originally recorded on an impromptu livestream and, in a delightful surprise Andy was able to join. Good morning. It's Frank Lavinia here. You can follow me on Twitter at Frank Diggs Data uh, or um, find me on LinkedIn, uh, Frank Lavinia. Let's see if I can find my proper. There we go with my name on it. Uh, just want to uh, say good morning. And, um, you know, today is Tuesday. And that's a little segment I like to call High Impact Tuesdays. And, um, High Impact Tuesdays, um, let me tell you, uh, I lived it this week, right? So, um, the um, yeah, yeah, I've been trying to do streaming every day except maybe Sunday or Saturday. Uh, although Saturday I have a nice good time when I can do it when the kids are in, uh, in uh, martial arts class. But um, <clears throat> the whole idea is that sometimes Monday doesn't go the way you want it to go. And some people would just write off the whole week. And my thesis and my experience has been that that's the wrong way to take it, right? Um, you know, if Monday punches you in the face, Tuesday is the opportunity that you can go and uh, pick yourself back up. So um, the um, whole point of it is uh, that, you know, you can still have impact for the week, right? So that's why I call it High Impact Tuesdays. And uh, I am honored to have, um, oops, just in a minute then. Uh, <laughs> uh, but ultimately, uh, one, uh, yesterday was kind of, it wasn't a bad day, but it was a little bit of a weird day and, um, uh, some things were going on at Chateau Lavinia, nothing serious, but just some kind of weird things. And, um, I was like, you know what? I, I've been doing the, uh, the Grant Cardone, um, uh, kind of commit for the week. Um, so he has this idea where you commit to, to doing something you know, every week, right? So it's better than having a goal where you say, oh, you know, I'm going to be New Year's resolution and um, maybe I'll think about it again in a month. Um, so yesterday was kind of, I wouldn't call it a failure, but I definitely didn't stream. And I was like, you know what? This is um, this is an opportunity, right? So I have the 10X journal. I love that. So of course, not to be content with doing one journal, I'm also doing this one too. This is by my main man, John Lee Dumas. Uh, we basically set in 100 days, you set a goal, and this follows you through in kind of a bit of scrum type uh, sessions. So I've been doing that, and I kind of looked through that, and I've been very honest with myself about that. Um, and um, with me, as a kind of a surprise, uh, is Andy Leonard. So this could be a proper show, Andy. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this, Frank. Uh, I, I did exactly the same thing you did yesterday. It was mm -hmm. just had a lot of things going on here personally on a personal side. Um, nothing bad, just normal kind of life stuff. Right. And so I, I did exactly what you uh, what you just shared. I, I did not stream yesterday. I was thinking about doing it a little bit later. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm honored that uh, you and I were chatting in the background about right. some other stuff that we're going to let We keep teasing, folks. We keep but teasing we it. Promise. Oh. We're getting we closer. <laughs> we'll have it soon. We are closer to it. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be innovative. Uh, my goal for this, um, obviously for watching our streams, chances are, you know, what pass is. Mm -hmm. I love the cup, by the way. Thank you. Um, this is a gift from my favorite mother-in-law. Cool. Yes. Yes. I Yoda have a cup. poster of, of Yoda over there that says. Yo Yoda's Yoda. awesome. Who doesn't love Yoda? Oh, everyone <laughs> loves, everyone Yoda loves, as you would say. <laughs> I like it. Um, but um, yeah, so I think this is going to be innovative. If you're following us, you probably know that Pass is kind of defunct. I think there's an opportunity for the community to rebound. I also oh, think I also yeah. would encourage the community to yes, band together. But I'm a big believer in the notion of being anti-fragile, and I think having yeah. smaller pockets of Pass-like things um, will, I think, in the long term, create a richer ecosystem. Totally and agree. Yeah. They don't have to compete, right, right? But they, 
uh, they don't have to be. I mean, the problem is, so so I used to be involved heavily with Inetta, mm-hmm. and at the time there was Inetta and Pass, and then when Inetta right. folded for for reasons um, that some I'm privy to, some I'm not, but it folded just the same. Um, uh, Pass was there to be a backup. Well, in the years since Inetta folded, no one came to the fore to build up another one and and everything all the hopes and dreams if you will um of a lot of user groups uh uh were pinned on pass which yeah. is you know um not exactly it's a single point of failure and not anti-fragile as the steam telebs right but so, we still got a lot of you know user groups out there that yep. are in the net space a lot of them have have gone azure because right. um and and with good reason because you know the Azure's got not only a lot of buzz and marketing uh, push behind it, but almost everything now touches the cloud. So yeah. new development, you know, is integrated with that. And the stuff that even doesn't touch the cloud, Frank, um, the development that doesn't, what they share about, you know, uh, to stop building stuff for the cloud, an awful lot of it applies to doing stuff on premises still. Right. So. A lot of innovation well, I, I happening think there. The hybrid story is going to be here to stay. I think. I agree. The 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 notion of everything going one hundred percent cloud. I think it was always a pipe dream. Um, uh, I think there's going to be there's going to be a a good story going forward for a hybrid, and I think that's going to remain the so uh, for the foreseeable future. And um, it is what it is. Um, yep. I think uh, being hybrid is also an anti fragile approach, right? Because you know, Absolutely. cloud outages happen. Uh, sometimes your account gets yanked. Um, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but um, but I mean, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, for reasons real and 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 um, and not so real or or legit and not legit, right? That's yeah, not my yeah. judgment. But the fact is, is that if you put all your eggs in one basket, you have all your eggs in one basket, right? Right, right. or wrong? That's just not a good long term strategy. Yeah, and I think yeah. that um, now that's just what it is. What it is, but um, so so yesterday I was talking to somebody uh, who um, I had some I had a very interesting day yesterday, right? So I you know was dealing with some of the the drama and stuff at home and and, and some stuff mm-hmm. like like you said, not a big deal, right? Right. Um, but I happened to be watching in the background Undercover Billionaire, right? And so Grant Cardone, someone we're very uh, fond of. Mm-hmm. Right? I always have. Uh, couple of books nearby whoops there you go um you know i haven't read that one yet and that's one of his earlier books i think this might be the first one yeah okay um or that or stellar be sold one of those or one of stellar be sold was the first one yeah and you can see his 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 progression as a writer has gotten better like the last book that last major book he did was uh be obsessed or be average and that's much more polished boba boba hashtag boba (laughs) um (laughs) Bo- hashtag boba and then fat right um, <laughs> um but um no he had this thing like show up you know just rule number one he said something to the effect of you know always show up and i was like mm-hmm. you know and then just out of the blue somebody uh somebody uh, asked me for help about uh, his startup in india that he's doing and nice. he's doing some seriously like aggressive things like can't talk about it publicly yet but like sure Somehow I ended up being a startup advisor, which is kind of cool. I, that I like is this guy. Awesome, Frank. I like this guy. He's he's got some chutzpah and he's got some spunk and 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 you know he's he's you know one of these days I'll be I'll be telling people oh I knew him I knew him when he got started like I Back think in he, the day yeah I, I think he's got that <laughs> and of course I have my max out uh, hoodie that I won um, at Mylet. Yep, shout out to Mister Mylet. Yep. Uh, thank you, sir. I don't think he watches my feed, but maybe I'll tag him in the comments. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but um, um, yeah, so I was having a conversation with somebody else who who, who was at a startup later in the day, and, and she was talking about how, because they basically kind of have on-prem software for cloud hardware management. And I was like, really? Right. What's the market for that? Like, what's what's the thing? And it turns out it's big. So I, obviously I work for Microsoft. They they pay for the electricity and, and all that and the mortgage. <laughs> but I mean, I think that there's an interesting story moving forward in terms of hybrid. I think cloud is here to stay, uh, but yep. so are on-prem data centers, right? I think, right, right. 
and on, honestly, like, and this is, you know, putting on my Microsoft hat here, which I wish I had it because I got, I got some serious quarantine hair, um, <laughs> uh, is, is the notion of, you know, Microsoft really has a really good hybrid story, probably better than anyone else. Um, certainly better than any other company headquartered in Seattle. Um, <laughs> and possibly Mountain View. I don't know. <laughs> so so, so uh, one of the other things was is that uh, I pulled this out because nice. I was talking about my background in, in evangelism and um, um, this here. And I think I had this, this license plate when I first met you. Yeah, I think so. Uh, when I lived in Virginia. Um, but... Um, yeah, so I was a tablet PC back in the day, and um, I point that out, and I have this hanging up because one, it looks—I think it looks cool. My dad was always in the lighthouses, so it kind of reminds me of my dad. Cool. Uh, but also, uh, it's a reminder that nothing in technology lasts. Yeah, um, it's a very visceral reminder. I also have my Silverlight book on the shelf where I can see it. Right, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> and it's also a reminder not to be stuck with one kind of platform because had I. Yeah. Had I kind of drank the iOS Kool-Aid early on, I'm not saying I'd be like, you know, rocking a Lamborghini, but I probably would have a more expensive car. Just saying. But it's just a reminder that nothing is permanent and to always keep an open mind about new things. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of my that's my point of wisdom for high impact Tuesday. Totally, totally concur with that, Frank. Um, to be fair, it was um, a much more level playing field at the time. And oh, yeah. uh, between iOS and and tablet, and you know we could we could kind of go down this path where we say you know we we evaluate and compare Windows Phone at the time to um, to what Apple was doing, right? And you know they had a they had an awesome Windows Phone had an awesome interface. I actually oh, yeah. owned a Windows Phone for about a week. Um, I'm serious. Yeah. And it just, you know, the rest of the story. Right. But it, it was everyone's experience with it. Um, so anyway, no need to to really peel that back. I don't think, hey, <laughs> we've got a day, purple. One day I'll write a book about that. How about that? We've got a purple border <laughs> on my side. That's what I'm showing. I did that. What'd you do? I put that on. Oh, nice. Nice. That's I like it. But It's got the but, logo on it. The, the short version of the story is Frank and I both have been there and done that. And that's probably one of the few advantages to having been in tech as long as we have is we've seen some of these trends kind of come and go. Right. And, um, you know, some have been successful and some have not. And it's really odd. It's, it's to me, it's kind of odd to think about it because rarely does something fail uh, or fail to catch on because of the technology. It's usually right. something else. Corporate well, I culture, think, I think for example. Culture is definitely a big thing. Um, yeah. I would say that um, tablet PC was ahead of its time. I think mm-hmm. the price, the hardware uh, weren't there. Um, right. You know, it was still a kind of, you can only afford one PC right. Um, right. type thing. So people would want to get it. I remember having these conversations when I was, a, I was a tablet MVP, like you're a data MVP at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, one of only, I think there were only 15 of us in the world, which was pretty cool. It was a, yeah. Um, and, um, you know, people wanted, they wanted the fastest processor. They wanted the most ridiculous um, size screen mm-hmm. and they wanted 12 hour battery life. I mean, you can't have it all. Yeah. And that's just a balance. <laughs> right. You, have to, you can't have it late. And, and, and that was always kind of the thing, like, when I would do talks on tablet PC, it was always kind of this, um, you know, well, can I play X game, you know, this game on it or, or you know, what's the specs on it? It's, it's you know, the, the one I had, it was with the T- Toshiba, I think M205. Yeah. It's a pretty solid machine yeah, um, for running Visual Studio, but I wouldn't run like Quake or Doom on it. I'm trying to think of the games that were popular at the time. Yeah. Um, I worked with the team on, um, on a motion tablet it was a large rollout for a huge at the time uh retailer that's gone now but um it was very interesting to uh to work on to work with that i didn't do the coding on the tablet part of that we had another engineer doing that work and he did a really good job i thought it was actually a couple of of engineers working on that and up to that point i'd heard of pair programming extreme programming and stuff 
but I'd never really seen it. And I wasn't a big believer in it at that point. I saw those two guys working together and I was like, that sells me. But yeah, there was a bunch of them out there. There were, um, it was a, a great idea. And I think the idea has actually been vindicated by the success of iPad, the success of surface. Um, it, oh, was a great, it was a great idea. Absolutely. Well, I mean, if you, you know, the technology caught up, yeah. you know, and in the meantime, in that bridge period, you know, the you know, people, you know, iPad one was, was kind of underpowered, yeah. but that was the goal, right? So people, uh, and that was kind of my argument was like, do you really want, you know, whoever's climbing the telephone pole to, to, to work on electrical wires? Do you really want them up there playing quake? Yeah. Yeah. You want them to be able to enter data. And, right. you know, ultimately, I bet kind of on the wrong horse because I thought PCs would shrink down to those types of devices, where in the end, it was the mobile devices that kind of scaled up. Right, right. Now, I don't, you know, Apple is pushing hard on, you know, their their 12-inch um, iPad or whatever, and with the keyboard as being a, a laptop replacement. I'm not sure how much more mobile devices can scale up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to bet against them this time, but uh, I'm not. I'm not sure how that's. I mean, at some point, it's kind of like a graph, right? At some point, one becomes more effective than the other. And right. um, what'll probably end up being, honestly, I I easily see is that you know you'll have some kind of low powered device like a Chromebook or like a there's some new thing supposedly in the works on on the Microsoft side. So okay, I've, cool. I I'm not going to say what it is because I'm not sure if we've publicly announced it yet. But um, yeah, where you, if you have network connectivity, you can VM to, uh, not VM, but I mean, a remote desktop or remote into yeah. a more powerful machine that, I don't know, I think I think that's probably the future. Um, yeah. You know, kind of like the old VT, uh, VT102s with, uh, with better graphics. Um, I could well, totally you, see that being a thing. Yeah, same here. And, and you know what we see is kind of an all of the above type thing growing. I mean, with the popularity and... Um, a growing uh, use of, you know, even microservices, which is, you know, an older technology that seemed to kind of, it came out of nowhere and then it was everywhere. And then it kind of, you, you stopped hearing about it for a while. I've started hearing more and more about that um, and, and that architecture. A lot of it, um, it's not in the forefront as much as it's behind reliability engineering, site reliability and database, you know, data right. reliability and that sort of stuff. And those are happening in the in the background. Uh, Thomas has a comment there. I can see. Let me see. Awesome. Uh, hey, Thomas. Welcome. Um, on track, and the flywheel is operational for 2021. Awesome. That's good. That's good. Um, I, I think it's a uh, you know I, I've been talking a lot about goals, and I've been kind of a bit uh, sidetracking a bit from our, mm. my normal kind of tech heavy conversations. But I think it's important, you know. 2020 did not roll out the way people thought it would. And that's probably the understatement of the week. (laughs) Um, You know, and ultimately I've come to this realization that you, you can't control what goes on out here. You can't control what goes on in here. I know know that sounds frou-frou and I know that doesn't sound practical uh, to be coming from an engineer or whatever, but I mean, it's true. The only thing you have control of, and and there's a there's another guy I, I listened to, Dean Graziosi. Which hold on, I got another book. Maybe I'll do a book review of this the other day. Ooh, uh, okay. This is a really good book. Um, he 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 basically one of the he did a live stream uh, like a week ago, and he's talking about you know that, that he, he compares two business uh, businesses he knows, and you know one group they folded right there a restaurant, and another one. You know, they closed for a week and then they basically went to Home Depot and build out, built out this whole kind of outdoor thing. I think mm-hmm. they were in Arizona. So there's definitely um, weather's a lot nicer there year round uh, to do that. But um, and, and, and he, you know, that was kind of like the, the aha moment was like, you know, he's right. You know, it, it, it's uh, it's really COVID affected everybody in the sense but mm-hmm. it, it affects people differently. And you hear on the news, you hear a lot of people saying that it's, you know, it's based on your economic conditions. And while there is a heavy, I wouldn't say grain of truth, but there's a, a big like, you know, pile of salt that does kind of, you know, I wouldn't say take it with a grain of salt. I, I'm not trying to say while there is gravity to that, to that way, to that argument, um, yeah. there's also a lot of folks that could just adapt and overcome. And I know that sounds easy, 
but it sounds easy, but in, in practice, it's not. I mean, it all yep. comes down to resilience and being anti-fragile, which I can't recommend that book enough. Yeah, that's a fantastic book. In, in fact, the whole, um, I think he calls it an inserto now. Inserto, yeah. Um, Nassim Taleb. Uh, and it's, it's anti-fragile. It's a black swan. It's uh, the bed of Procrustes is the one that I'm picking my way through these days. Nice. Um, I'm always reading way too many books at one time frame. But um, to me, it's like multiple courses in a meal. You know, I kind of like having a little of this and then a little of that, and a little of the other. Um, but absolutely, the um, being able to pivot, being agile, being anti-fragile, those are all uh, really good things. And it's I think it's it's playing a large role in how businesses survive, especially in these times. I, right. I, you know, I. I you know, I know the consulting business. I know the training business. That's what I do. Right. And the training business goes through cycles like you wouldn't believe. I mean, one of the first things to get cut is a, is a training budget. And so, you know, it, when it, at the end of March, as, here's a, you know, as an example, we saw our, uh, our train, we got more inquiries about training in, in the last two weeks of March 2020. Then we got in the whole year of 2019. Oh, wow. That's a number for you right there. There's a stat. And we delivered a lot of training in that in, in Q2 uh, right. in 2020. Yeah. So, I mean, it, and it was, and we've had, uh, you know, it's kind of, it, it comes and goes. It's done this. In other times when things have slowed down, training has just gone through the floor. And it's been really, really hard to get anybody to sign up for training. And we have those periods where, you know, it's it's very, uh, a very undulating undulating market. There we go. No, uh, so I no, see another sense. see another comment from Thomas. Uh, one of the books but, um, that he ever read was Freshman in College, Eric Fromm, From To Have or To Be. I'll definitely go check that out. I will add that okay. to my list. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah, thanks, Thomas. Um, if you're just joining us live, we're talking about um, a couple of things. We're um, I'll probably put this on the podcast since you're here. Um, but um, the... Um, uh, books and, and and kind of uh, just reflecting on reflecting on kind of you know what 2021 could still I mean I've seen I've seen memes on social media saying that 2021 is already shot like like really dude we're like one week into it like let's yeah. not let's not trash it and 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 most of the things that that happen that we think have a major impact on our lives really don't have a major impact on our lives a lot of its perception a lot of it yeah. is fear, um, which I'm probably going to I'm going to change direction of topics <laughs> now. Um, it's all good. But uh, Thomas has another comment. Awesome. Do you think of yourself as being a husband, father, or mentor, or do you think of yourself as having kids, having a wife? One is you involved, the other is you. You know, I like that approach because our I language do. really does speak a lot about um, what we're how we phrase our minds. So if you, if you, uh, there's a, a field of study, uh, it's often abbreviated NLP, which is funny because it's not, it's not uh, natural language processing, <laughs> um, which is normally what I do, uh, which is be, you know, processing textual data and, and trying to uh, get con uh, context out of that and content. Right. Uh, but neuro-linguistic programming. Now, Neurolinguistic programming is, is an interesting field. I don't agree with all of it, but I think that there's a certain grain of truth in that. Mm -hmm. um, if you search NLP or, or neurolinguistic programming, you do get some weird stuff, but there are really interesting grains in it. Like, and just kind of like what, what Thomas said, you know, do you, do you have a wife or, you know, are you a husband, right? Being versus doing, right? And that kind right. of frames the question in which if you frame the question, that determines the quality of answer, right? This is um, another self-help guru. Sorry, I'm overdosing, overloading on the, uh, the self-help stuff. But, you know, Tony Robbins is like, you know, the quality of questions you ask, ask yourself is really going to determine the answers. You know, so one, you know, one, uh, one famous thing he said is um, something to the effect of, um, you know, if you keep uh, talking to yourself in the sense that why am I, why does this always happen to me? Well, you're going to get an answer back from your brain or whatever that says, because well, you're a moron, right? <laughs> right? Uh, but if you ask yourself, how can I learn from this? 
right? Right. What can I learn from this? You know, exactly. uh, or in my case, when when you know uh, I was in a bad spot about four or five years ago, you know, how can I make this turn me into a better person? How can I be a better person about this? Exactly. Nah. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Thomas. <laughs> um, but uh, but but I mean I mean there, there's a lot to that. Now there are some people they go whole hog on the self improvement thing, but you know. Maybe I've done that. I don't know. But I mean, the best thing to do is investigate it for yourself and see what you think, what this neural network thinks um, uh, for you. Uh, but um, yeah. but I think one of the things that we're working on this secret project, and we hopefully will have more to share on it soon, um, is that we want to address kind of two things. Uh, one, um, training, right? Um, there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of people that um, are even if the vaccine works tomorrow and this disease is gone in a couple of days, which it's not going to happen, people are not going to be comfortable uh, in the same situations. Like I don't know if I shared this on a previous live stream, but um, you know, I looked at myself, a a picture of myself taking a selfie on a plane. Mm. And I was like, Ew, that's gross. All those people (laughs) close to me. Um, I mean, so I think that uh, I don't know where I was going with this. I'm sorry. I only had one. No, I get it. It's the kind of the ingrainedness of not being in person with people, social distancing, and also doing an awful lot remote. I I think that trend is just going to spill over into whatever's next. Absolutely. And I think that I think that um, there's definitely a, a. there's a lot of advantages to being remote, right? Like when we did the virtual, we did the virtual summit before it was cool, right? We did in August Mm -hmm. of 2019 and you know, we had speakers from Norway. We had two speakers from New Zealand and three or four from the U S you know, in the past to pull something like that off, there would have been flights and there would have been, you know, sometimes (laughs) visa troubles. Right. Um, Right. Right. and, And, and now we were able to pull that off with, you know, on a shoestring. I mean, we were able to do that. And I think that, um, I think that that's here to stay because if you want to tap the best brains in the world, you know, I mean, I think that in-person conferences will come back, but I think they're going to be smaller, more intimate affairs, um, where, you know, you know, some luminary will, you know, charge maybe $2,000 for a ticket, but you're like in a much smaller room with them. Uh, and and maybe more interactive because I think that's really in my mind that's really the only there's two big advantages to an in-person conference like that type of interaction with the speakers and interaction amongst uh, uh, the attendees yeah and I would say the second one is actually a better benefit um, for your career long term is you know you meet people who are you know are engaged now but you know if if they I, and I'll take this back to the to the user group, Frank, to an actual local local event, <clears throat> because back in November of 2005, uh, you and I and Nick Harris right. met at one user group meeting, and everything, I can't, well, I say everything, an awful lot that happened in my personal career since then has been based on that meeting. And we no, all became friends, and we were all, you know, I, I describe us as punks. You know, we were all contractors or people not making very much money, not very influential at all. Right. Just kind of there to learn. And it's just been incredible. You know, oh, yeah. I referred to myself at the time as a scrub. <laughs> scrub. That's a, a good term. I've got to call me a punk. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, I had a blog I had, you know, but I didn't have a thing. But I mean, I would say like, you know, one of the most influential things was I um, uh, was go attending Tech Ed 2005. Yeah. You know, that was a great event. I was able to reconnect with some folks because I, I, I had relocated to Virginia, uh, hung out with a bunch of folks uh, that I knew from New Jersey. And we met a bunch of folks and. You know, at some point, um, I, I was at a dinner with a bunch of like RDs. I remember I was at a Brazilian oh, wow. steakhouse in Orlando, and and like, and my manager at the time, who was a who was, a, you know, he was just blown away. Like, holy crap, we're like at a table with all these like huge names, and like it, it was just not a big deal. I mean, the networking aspect, which I've seen a lot of conferences try to get around that and trying to enrich the virtual experience with that. 
Yeah. Grant Cardone has done the best job of that when he had the uh, the 10x um, the 10x uh, boot camp. Yeah, the um, three day event. You and I both attended that. Yep. It was incredible. And you're right. That was the most uh, social, right? Uh, you know, virtual event I've seen to date. Right, and it still it still leaves a lot lacking. But 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 still, it was you know he he yeah I, he it's as close to the best example I've seen yet. In fact, it's it is yeah. probably the best thing I've ever attended. It's the best one I've seen so right. so far. And I think we're going to look back in two or three years on you know, on these events like, like that in 2020 and kind of laugh, you know, it was like, oh, right. the best we could do at that time. But it's important to remember it was the best <laughs> we could do at that right. time. Well, I mean, uh, there was somebody who did an unboxing of the original iPod, right? And, and, yeah. and we remember it much better in our heads than it actually was. I mean, it was a yeah. pretty, I mean, it was, but it did the job because at the time it was, it was revolutionary. Yeah. It was um, the first unboxing I remember. Yeah. yeah. So um, no, I, I I think that, and again, that's why I have this 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 tablet license plate, <laughs> you know, hanging up because it reminds me that you know, um, nothing is constant in technology, and um, that's a good reminder. But um, plus, it looks cool, and when I do my um, OCR demo, like it's usually it's 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 within the camera range, it shows oh, up. Oh, that's even. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> it, it serves multiple purposes. Uh, but the, the the key, though, I think is, you know, moving forward, um, um, moving forward, I think that community is not going to be just in-person user groups. I think it's going to be yeah. LinkedIn groups, people who follow this stream, people who follow your blog, people who are in your newsletter. I think community is going to take on a different meaning. Yeah, And I, I think that our secret project is going to be geared towards, um, I want to make it so it's one, it's easier for people to skill up. To right. build a community in, in ways that are more, uh, you know, maybe even financing the community through the secret project, right? Like uh, through an affiliate program, right? Yeah. If we, can, if we can pull that off because we did that with Data Soup, the virtual and it summit. Worked. And I mean, one one speaker, I mean, she walked away with a pretty decent chunk of change. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I mean, yep. we made some money on it, but, uh, you know, we basically, you know, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because that's sure, but it was it was that's part of what we're right. you know what we're doing. I think that was the very first thing we had done that involved money and right. empowering the community and in some aspect enriching uh, some community members. And we want to see that because that's an added incentive. Absolutely. Um, well, it's to, the right thing to do. It is. I mean, yeah. You make yourself. I mean, we 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 created a, an online conference and this is when it was cool to charge for them. Right. I know that there's still some debates, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, it was like, you know, the, the nominal price was $25, right? Yep. We, we had discounts for our listeners and people who watch the stream. So it was basically $9. Right. So, right. um, you know, um, uh, I see some comments on uh, as soon as I close this loop and you know how I get when I get distracted. Uh, but, um, you know, um, we enriched the community by creating a, a conference that was cheap to attend, right? Um, and if people were students, I worked out a deal where it was either free or like 99 cents, right? It was really right. – <laughs> so um, it wasn't a money play. Um, and um, the, um, the point I was making was we were able to not just hold the event, enrich people with, by sharing knowledge – but also encourage folks to share the link so they can make a cut uh, or uh, a commission based on how many tickets they sold, which helped us yeah. and it helped them too. Um, which yep. I think I think that's the best, most sustainable model. It's um, uh, one of the big sales uh, gurus of the uh, 20th century is Zig Ziglar, and and his famous thing is that you can have whatever you want if you help enough people get what they want. Which I kind yeah. of taken to heart um, yep. because it's all about servant leadership in my mind. I think so. We have we do have those couple of comments. Go ahead and address those, Frank, yes. if you will. What's the Alberta. best? What's uh, I love Alberto. He's uh, he he has a uh, a great podcast with uh, Rupesh. Uh, these guys are great. Uh, totally listen to that. What's the best prediction for AI this year? You know, I would say I would say uh, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I would say in terms of what the incredible advances we've seen in the last three, four years, I think we're going to start seeing a slowdown of those. Um, I think 
what we're going to see here and, and for this year is the wider adoption of existing AI models, right? As the cost hmm. of those models go down. The problem is, is that the cost of the training of kind of the next level models are going up, right? Yeah. So I think that we're kind of at that inflection point. I'm not saying it's going to be an AI winter. I'm not saying that. But I am going to say that the heat wave is definitely over. And we might have a few days where you want to get a sweater on. <laughs> But I don't think it's a winter. I think it's going to be a pause because I think quantum computing is just around the corner. And I think that's going to solve a lot of our high performance compute issues. Now, that having been said, I still think it's years away before quantum computing is more of a widespread enterprise initiative. But I also can see quantum emulation on standard hardware being more of a thing and being more widely accepted. Uh, I think there yeah. are some interesting breakthroughs in compute power and compute um, um, clusters that are just on the cusp of hitting hitting the market. So I would say that this year isn't going to be about breakthroughs in research. Could be wrong. Hope I'm wrong. But it's going to be more about breakthroughs in deployment, right? Because I, I work with a yeah. lot of customers that um, I work with a lot of customers who 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 they're just still on their their beginning of their their data journey, right? So they get their data house in order and then they figure out, well, what can we do with this? So I still right. think there's plenty of runway left for those who are implementers. Um, I think the research field is going to be a little bit, uh, might be a little turbulent. Uh, but I also hope that the researchers start thinking about ethics in AI. And I think, I think this is a, this is a yeah. good time when the, the, the breaknet pace of, uh, of um, progress is, as it slows down, to kind of step back and think about explainable AI, ethics, ethical concerns in AI. I think that I think mm. there's a huge, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be a long pause. I don't think it's going to be a winter. I think it might be just a bit of a few cool days, uh, but I but I do think that that's that's happening. Well, I think one of the things you brought up, Frank, that was a uh, surprise uh, to many. I was, it certainly shocked me. Was how how much came out of emulating quantum yes. computing? on yes. standard hardware and it really was a i think that may be the model going forward right if we're going to have a uh forgive the pun a quantum shift and <laughs> hardware tech is you know we know it's coming we're in theory we can emulate it then that right. may be the right way to go right and i would say um i would say that the um emulating quantum is not going to be as fast as quantum but i mean i like to give this example of if you if you have a hole in your roof, right, and you go to a contractor and you go to, you start looking around contractors and you say, "Hey, I need this hole fixed." Mm -hmm. um, what 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 they're going to say is, um, you know, one guy or gal will say, um, "I can get this fixed in twenty seconds." Oh, great! When can you start? In about twenty years, <laughs> ten to twenty years, <laughs> right? Or do you go to the next one and say, "Like I can do this in six months." When can you start? About tomorrow. Right. Right. It, it, it's that it's that payoff. And that was my aha moment from the last MLADS I attended in person. Um, MLADS is an internal Microsoft conference that um, mm -hmm. uh, focuses on kind of futures of data and AI, most of which is probably NDA. But I will say and I actually did record a, a data point like outside the building. And I was very intentional about doing that outside the building, even though it was raining because it was Seattle. I remember but, that. Yeah. But I was like breathlessly excited because there, there's definitely, I think, something, a big wave coming on that. Um, so um, just want to close the loop in some of these comments only because like if, if you're taking time out of your day to watch, that's awesome. If you're taking time out of your day to also respond, I want to be respectful and respond to that. So selling ads is the model. I think selling ads is, is going to be with us for a long time, but what I really yeah. see in the future is cooperative marketing, right? That whole that affiliate marketing. Like, you know, if mm -hmm. I sell something for 10 bucks, I think for data soup, our split was 50, 50, right? So you sell mm -hmm. it for 10 bucks, you get five, I get five, we get yep. five and, yep. and, and that sort of thing. Um, the, the LinkedIn user, I don't know if you're, um, it, that's, that's Mena again. Okay, cool. And awesome. We got to, I want to connect. I, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. I think um, it's Mena. I think because he sent me a YouTube video where they he it was pronounced. So he okay. he. Uh, it turns out. So speaking of networking connections, this is amazing. Uh, well, yeah. one, you know, he had a chance to take a selfie with Mark Vucinovich at Ignite 2019. So Mark Vucinovich is kind of a big deal at Microsoft. I'll just put it yeah. like that. Go use the search engine of choice to see why he's important. But um, um, 
Mena is it, it, he's a cool guy. So he actually attended a uh, training seminar I delivered on behalf of Wintelect like a couple of years ago. So we okay, stayed, okay. we stayed connected on LinkedIn, and I think he moved from the DC area. But uh, he's okay. the guy because at the time, right here, I have a Macintosh, but uh, because I I was trying to use Apple Motion to do a lot of the fancy graphics and stuff like that. So I was uh, somehow during break, we were, we were talking, he goes, Oh, you should build a Hackintosh. And I was like, well, I don't know about a Hackintosh. Cause that's a, a Hackintosh <laughs> is a PC that basically runs Mac OS. Right. Interesting. So you, you don't have it, it on paper. It's cheaper. Uh, but there's a lot of work that has to go in to make sure that the components work and the drivers are there. Right. Um, because right. The, the Apple hard, uh, desktop and laptop hardware ecosystem does not have a driver system like we would expect in windows or even linux um don't want to go down that rabbit hole uh but but he's the one that tipped me off to running a mac os in a vm interesting and and it was it runs perfect like so so he was pretty cool so 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 um we were connecting and, and we were chatting on linkedin he goes i don't know if you remember but i was you know in your in your class so i'm like oh, you're the hackintosh guy <laughs> So, um, so I'll just call him Hackintosh guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, may not have. I also have a Mark Rosinovich uh, story, and it was at um, IT Dev Connections, uh, mm -hmm. the IT Connections um, uh, and Dev Connections, and there was a trying to. I think it was SQL Connections too. Uh, I was speaking there it was a few years ago. I want to say 2014, 2015. And it was right after his book had come out. He wrote a, a novel called Zero Day. And reportedly, it was uh, being considered for a movie. I so think I'd love. I think it's still in pre-production. but the, I'd love to see that because yeah. I'd, uh, I'd heard Ridley Scott's name associated with that. Nice. Um, so I'm in the, uh, I, you know, I'm in and out of the, uh, of the speaker room. And it wasn't uncommon for people to just leave their laptop sitting on the table there. And I went in and. I hope he locked so, his laptop. I, I didn't see but he, he probably did. Uh, <laughs> and I sat up next to, you know, I found an open spot. And I set my laptop up and I was getting ready for some session, getting ready to present there. And somebody walks up beside me and they're standing there, tall, really tall guy. And he's sat doing some work. He's kind of leaning over. He's not really sitting down. Finally, he sits down and I look over and it's Mark Rosinovich. Whoa. And I'm like, you're Mark Rosinovich. <laughs> you know, total fanboy. Uh, reaction there, and he's like, "Well, yeah." Well, I like your phrase when people, people come up to you like, "You're Andy Leonard," and you're like, "I've been living with myself my whole life. It's not a big yeah, deal." Yeah, I'm not um, impressed. That's because you're, <laughs> you're so humble. Um, well, uh, I was at Mix. It was either Mix 09 or or Mix 07. I actually bumped into Scott Guthrie. Oh, cool! And. Um, you know, I said hello to him and stuff like that. I was like, nice. yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, it's cool. That in-person thing is something you only get, but even people that you, you meet in the hallways and you, you interact with who, who are also scrubs like you at the, or like me, yeah. I, I, I meant that to be self-deprecating, not like pointing at you, Andy, but I mean, like, you know, <laughs> oh, I, I mean, feel the same. I'm a scrub still. I'm just older. But, but, uh, but uh, when I, uh, I mean, I met some folks that, you know, were, not big deals at the time who now are, yeah. you know, and my biggest fanboy moment, honestly, was when I met, um, um, Oh my God, I can't think of his name. It's so embarrassing. But, um, I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so glad to meet you. And I was like, it was, a, it was at the, uh, I think bill 2016. And cool. he, he was just kind of like, he was flattered, but he goes, he goes, I'm a, he, and he turns to me and he says like, I'm afraid that you're going to ask me for a kidney or something like that. I was <laughs> um yeah so that's what's great so we have another question from alberto uh what are the benefits of a hundred dollars for training ai um not quite sure what you mean for that or are you trying to ask what the compute cost for training an ai is yeah um yeah. i think i think training ai i think is a tricky term uh, because I was talking, I was actually talking with Rupesh yesterday, Alberto, and um, he's using a service called Lobe, which is extremely cheap to train a custom vision model. Interesting. A custom vision, and maybe we should do a deep dive on this someday, but custom vision is essentially taking an AI model that's mostly trained and adding another layer on top of it. 
So the cost of training that is very low because it's already been mostly trained. Um, but in terms of kind of like um, new models that new, do crazy new level things, I think I don't. I think they're still going to happen, but not at the pace at which they happen. I think it's going to mirror kind of the game industry, the video game industry. And you're probably thinking like, why? Well, the reason why I'm saying that is because the game industry used to have a big title coming out like every week. And then it was like every couple weeks. Then it was once a quarter or two a quarter. And now we have one, uh, a big game release, what, maybe twice a year? I mean, it, it's more, um, I, I think that it just gets to the point where the cost of producing a video game, like a AAA title like Cyberpunk or um, Grand Theft Auto, is so massive yeah. Um, that very few companies can afford to do that. And it's just, I don't know. I think, I think it's going to be, it's going to be like that in terms of, and I, I mean, big changes like, you know, and um, uh, GPT three level type innovations. Uh, I know Microsoft research has posted something online about uh, a new type of, I think it was called Alberto actually uh, Alberto, um, which was a play on B E R T um, which is a advanced, gotcha. um, it's a transformer model for doing uh, NLP. Awesome. Was that also Mena? It was. Said, yep. Yes. Awesome. Yep. Yep. The Hackintosh guy. He's cool <laughs> because I was able to avoid buying an actual Macintosh for like a year because of that hack. Um, but it, the the GPU, the virtual GPU driver, it did not. Apple Motion didn't like that, and ultimately, oh. I found somebody selling like a ten year old Mac for a pretty decent price, and it ran the software I needed. And I still some of the fancy graphics you see generated um, were built on that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, Frank, so Frank is, by the way, the, the generator of all the fancy graphics. <laughs> when I was a kid, I wanted to be a graphic designer, and this is before the internet. And you know, it was um, my parents were like, "You're not going to make any money doing that." Now well, that's probably different, but <clears throat> probably true. But you know, and they had your best interests at heart. Oh, yeah. But it actually it shows in in your work. You got to have the eye. You got to have a talent for that. I do not. <laughs> so when I build something, uh, something like a web page or something, I, I, I think I've told this story. I had a site, got popular enough that it was time to get someone who knew what they were doing with site design uh, engaged. And I said, so what do you think of what I built? And they said, it looks like an engineer built it. Now, uh-huh. being an engineer, my first reaction was, oh, that's cool. Turns out that's, that's not a compliment. It was a left-handed compliment. Yeah, so I get it now. But I, I mean, it's not my bag. But Frank has a phenomenal eye, and you're an artist, Frank. So that's well, why it's you. it's so cool to see the stuff that you do. And you're trying to help me get better at this. We've been going back and forth a little bit on site, which is great. Um, so I, you know, I, I absolutely love it. So if you're worried out there in, in in listener land for the secret project, I'll be doing probably most of the motion graphics. <laughs> yes. Yes, Frank will be, because um, there's a heavy visual component. So right, right. <laughs> oh, I, I think what we're working on is innovative. I think it's something that has not yet been done. I think it's been done in other fields, but not in our specific niche. And um, yep. if, I think we'll see. You know, we'll see. I mean, it's a, it's I, an I mean, experiment. Like that's right. It's an experiment. <laughs> if it works, it works. And you yeah. know, uh, we'll definitely, hopefully, we'll have more to say about that soon. Yeah. Yep. Um, because I want to max out 2021. Uh, um, I'm not wearing a shirt. I'm wearing my Bimble up oh, this side. I'm wearing my Bimble Hero shirt. So I, you're a hero. I, I, I don't know. I just, I just realized there's gonna be a lot of folks listening to this on the actual podcast. We'll have no idea what we're talking about, but yeah, we're pointing to our shirts. Yeah. We're wearing I, my shirt. I've got my Bimble Hero shirt on. Frank's got his um, his max out hoodie. Isn't that a hoodie, Frank? Yeah. His max out hoodie on from Ed Milet's show. Bemel Hero refers to Veragents.com, uh, the business intelligence markup language. That's Bemel. And they have a program there where they let uh, some of us become uh, Bemel heroes. We get early access and we do beta testing and all sorts of fun stuff. Cool. So, and you also have Bimble Academy, right? Is that your thing? I did for a while. I started that and then I sent the material over to one of our guests on the Data Driven Podcast, one of our early guests, Razor Rad. Mm-hmm. And he has um, 
the Radicad, that's his website and consulting company, Radicad.com. He's got an academy, an online academy. Cool. And I sent my material over to Reza along with my, um, I, I also started SSIS Academy and I sent that over as well. And cool. so it's been, uh, it's been kind of cool. I was one of those things, another experiment. And I, uh, you know, I looked at this and went, well, there's some value here. It's not value less, but is it worth me keeping up with uh, right. the other stuff, the administrative stuff, not the content, but the administrative stuff. And that's what was really kind of weighing on me. So, and not having Frank's graphic skills and his advertising mind and all of that, um, that, that hurt as well. Razor's doing a much better job of that and getting that word out. And you can go there and learn not just SSIS and Bumble, but um, an awful lot of other stuff. Some of this AL and machine, uh, AL, AI and machine learning uh, that's out there. His, um, his, his bride, Dr. Layla Utada, she has courses out there at Radicad as well. Oh, yeah. So, Layla is, is very influential in the AI space. Yep. Um, she's one of the global AI leaders or something like that. I forget. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, really smart. Both of them. Scary smart. Oh, yeah. So GPT-4 is coming out. Interesting. Um uh, what I want to know is the metrics around GPT-4 because GPT-3, depending on who you ask, cost 13 to $12 million uh, to train. Uh, wow. And it had billions of input per I mean, it's a ridiculous amount, uh, which was an order of magnitude higher than the previous GPT-2. Uh, and this is the one that, um, this is the one that it could generate text. You give it kind of a seed of what you want to talk about like packing for Mars and it'll come up with a whole list. I mean, it doesn't read like a human wrote it per se. Right. But it does read, um, it, it, it re doesn't read like a machine does either. It reads kind of like somebody who was intoxicated was writing it. I can describe it because it has moments of like lucidity and then it kind of goes off in a weird tangent. Yeah. Um, but considering it's completely artificially generated, I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, drunk so AI Manus, is better so. than, you know, drunk AI, the state of the art of, uh, of AI is, you know, uh, writing like a drunk person. That, that is an interesting concept, Frank. And I can see that, drunk. uh, turning up. Yeah. Turning up in, uh, one of those, uh, you know, in a graphic novel somewhere. Right, right, that was right. Mena saying, yes, jump on a call and Rupesh jumped in as well. Awesome. Uh, to say hi. So thanks both of you for being here. Gosh, I, I feel thanks so honored. I, I tell you, man, I will, Rupesh, I, I, we're going to be talking about, I'll be interviewed by like a documentary crew. Like, well, how did you first meet Rupesh? <laughs> he's got some great ideas. I mean, um, yeah. he, he, and, and he's super smart and he's got a team in place and he's executing. Right. That's I mean, that's, nice. Um, I, I don't know how much Rupesh wants to share today, but but I mean he's definitely executing. You will you will know his name at some point in the future. Um, everybody yeah. will probably know his name at some point in the future. Um, sure. But I'm glad we had this. I'm glad we had this talk <laughs> of High Impact Tuesday. Here, let me play some of the graphics just real quick. Yeah, do one. some graphics. There's actually a funny story behind the notion of high impact this, high impact that, but an impact quantum. It was actually it was actually inspired by something um, that I took a, um, a what's the word from Dune? Transmute, transmute the yes. poison. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe one day we'll we'll reveal it, but I'm I'm going to not do that today. Um, but but our, our friend Grant, uh, he actually tweeted yesterday, I think it mm -hmm. was, something about how he owes so much to his haters and detractors. Yes. And, and you know, and there's another good uh, author, um, Marie Forleo. Mm -hmm. And she refers to turning bad things into a certain type of fuel. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she's from Jersey, so it's, it, it starts with an F. Um, but she's basically turns that kind of the haters that she's had and kind of uses that to propel her forward. That is her so funny. Everything is figure outable. Right. And Frank, uh, one of the, Frank was playing on words there when I, 
when he and I chat privately sometimes, he will sometimes become animating. And I will refer to that as him going Jersey on. Going Jersey. Yeah. Going all Jersey. Yeah. So, so but. It's, fun. it's all in love. It's, it's all, all in, love. in love. Yes. Um, so one of the things that um, we're going to do, I think, and let us know in the comments if you think this is a good idea or um, a bad idea, is interview each other. Yeah. Frank came up with that a couple of days ago when we were chatting on Skype. And then interview our virtual assistant that we have that we've Bailey. Yes. And it'll be the name Bailey, which stands for is short for British AI lady. Um and um <laughs> I actually sent Andy a couple of prototype animations for her. I love uh, those, by the way. I don't know if I responded, but I think you did, yeah. 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 Great um, idea. Oh, we have a question. Mohammed. Good morning or good afternoon or good evening. This is global, so it could be anywhere. Uh, can you explain a data mesh concept versus data lake house? Or is it just hype words? I, I can't tell you the difference between the two. So data um, mesh is a term I've not heard yet. So I'm definitely going to hit the search engine as soon as we end this. Room. Data lake house I've heard of. Yeah. Um, I would say there's only one company right now that's preaching the data lake house gospel. Um, that's probably because it's all done entirely within their stack. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. You know. The mesh thing, I remember um, fabric. I think, apps, you know, the app service fabric. That was oh. the first mesh I heard of. This may be a different thing than that. It probably is, and I'm just not up on my, on my terms, and that happens all the time. I'm not the earliest early adopter, unless... I'm writing the uh, stuff. Unless you're writing, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say, with Data Lake House, I like the idea, right? Even though I was snarky about um, that, only one company is is really mm -hmm. propping up that idea. It's still a good idea, yeah. Right, it and, is. And, I, and I'll say it, it's Databricks, right? Um, <laughs> uh, Databricks um, is, is taking what they've built with Delta Lake, which Delta Lake is the idea of adding acid transactions on top of a uh, data lake. Um, and the whole idea, and, and there's more research I need to do on this, right? And if anyone from Databricks wants to get on a live stream and explain it or come on yeah, the podcast, great. both, um, let me know, you know, where to find me. Um, I like the idea. I think it's interesting. I think it's one mm -hmm. of those kind of, um, um, it's kind of like, um, I'll use a car analogy, right? A Tesla, right? I would love to get a Tesla. It's an interesting idea. <laughs> Is it practical? I don't know. <laughs> uh, right? Martin Fowler. Sorry. Go ahead. I, okay. I just saw the other one. He's talking about Martin Fowler's uh, an article from him. Okay. I'll read that. And uh, I'm sure Frank out. will too. Yeah. We'll check it out. Thank you, mom. For, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, I will check that out. If uh, just reading between the tea leaves between monolith versus mesh, my yeah. guess is it could be, again, this is just a guess. Um, that they're referring to instead of having one big data server or data kind of service, you're kind of have multiple smaller ones. You, you let a thousand flowers bloom, if you will, which could be yeah. an interesting technology if you have kind of your data catalog in place. I know Microsoft has a, a new offering called Purview, which is essentially yep. Azure data catalog. Uh, because, because ultimately, the, the advantage of centralization is you know where everything is. Disadvantage right. of centralization is everything's in one place. And that has some interesting implications with um, uh, high availability, disaster recovery. If you have yeah. a more distributed system, that does make you more resilient. Dare I say anti-fragile. Uh, but then you have the problem of locating where stuff should be, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think those are not mutually exclusive, but they are two competing philosophies. Um, yeah. And what you'll ultimately find is in any given solution, one's going to outperform the other. That's right. physics. Right. <laughs> so, right. Well, or, or reality, I'll get even more. Well, sure. sure. It's just like, there is no one size fits all. Um, and, um, it all, you know, the favorite, the favorite phrase that a consultant will say is it depends. Um, True. you know, um, like uh, I was uh, a couple months ago, I was an architecture design session with a customer who, who did something very clever with their SQL Server, 
And I was like, oh, wow, that's clever. I'm like, more scale, but it's clever. <laughs> and, and um, you know, they, they took it in stride. And I was like, you know, it's like, but they their business is so unique that, I mean, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to suddenly, and I warned them, I was like, this will be fine. You'll start seeing problems if you 10x the amount of data throughput that you have. Mm. And it'll totally break in 100x. Just telling you right yeah. now. I don't want you to say Frank put his seal of approval on this for all time. And then like five, 10 years later, somebody's like, oh, that guy was a moron for saying that. I I put my stamp with a little asterisk on it. Like, as long as you keep this type of growth trajectory, you'll be fine. Yeah. This is totally not scalable. And I said that like three times and they're like, we get it. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, definitely seems like I have some reading to do. I actually going to spend some time studying purview today. Cool. Um, and tomorrow I will do a live stream. I know I'm not exactly sure when because I have a an official day job work engagement. Um, but I will do a review possibly of this book. Oh, cool. The underdog advantage. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna check that out now, Frank. Yeah, it's an awesome book. Um it's um it's interesting, like his story and stuff like that. And he's done some interesting cool. other stuff too. So with that, uh, this will also probably end up being in the podcast feed sometime today, maybe. Sweet. Um, but, um, oh, we have another comment. Metadata discovery and metadata engine is the raising solution for distributed data. Like, yeah, I definitely need to check that out. But you're right. I mean, ultimately, um, metadata is going to be probably more, I don't want to say more important to data, but it's definitely going to be an important component to anybody's data strategy, right? Because you want to know what you know and how that, how that, what you know is structured, where that is and what the uh, requirements are around it. But I I agree. We should get you Muhammad on the show. Consider this an official welcome uh, or an invite to being on the show. Cause it sounds like you got some interesting insights into things. Um, But um, you know, I, I, I am, I'm a cautiously optimistic and a cautious skeptical believer in what Lake House can do. Mm. Um, I have questions about it, and uh, there's a lot of videos that have been coming out on the uh, Databricks YouTube channel, which you totally should subscribe to because they have some good stuff. Or just go to franksworld.com because I I highlight a lot of their stuff. Um, But um, there's – yeah, I think think in terms of predictions for the year, I think there's going to be – probably we're going to see – more innovation in data engineering architectures mm-hmm. than we are going to see in AI. I may eat those words, um, but I think um, we had a guest a few weeks ago um, where, you know, he, the joke was, you know, he goes, first you get the data. Right. <laughs> and like, and you see this a lot in AI papers and AI research, right? Well, first we got this data. I'm like, you just, that sentence probably covered like, I don't know, 80 person months potentially. Like, I mean, that's not a trivial thing. First, you get the data. And he admitted um, that. I mean, he, he yeah, said that. that was kind of like a joke. Like, and that yeah. was kind of like, you know, so go back and, and listen to that. Um, because he he had a pretty good perspective on that. But I mean, that's that's a thing. Like, you know, there's a a a cool animation I posted. I don't know where I posted it, if it was LinkedIn, but it was basically kind of like this um this this cgi fly through a piping system and it was basically you know data engineers run the world that was kind of like the the theme of the video um but i'll dig that up and maybe repost it but um or maybe save it for our secret project because it would be a cool thing yep Um, i gotta tell you frank i know you wanted to wrap up because you got some more stuff to do and uh i'm cool with that i you know what when you first put the border up i was like what are you doing i like it because it gives our disjointed screen here some, uh, some continuity. Yes. I like it. Um, yeah. Such it actually, a graphic artist. Uh, there you go. I like to think I came up with the idea, but uh, uh, Restream, who's the provider that we're doing this through, um, um, ha- had kind of one. I think it was this one. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's, that's, that's Restream branding. This is data. Right. 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 <laughs> I like this, Frank. This is cool. Um, I'll, I'll teach you how to make this. Um, it's actually pretty easy. Um. But, if, uh, yeah, you could spend all your time teaching me graphics, Frank. You know that, <laughs> right? I mean, I could, could I could consume that universe. I would expand to fill all of it because I am like, when I walk into the room, 
graphics. It's, I'm like a graphics black hole. I draw graphics ability from others. <laughs> um, we use Canva. We've been using Canva more and more. We have, and it's really cool. I like Canva. Um, They're not a sponsor. Use it. But if you're if you're listening, Canva, let's call call me. Um, um, but Canva is really awesome. I was resistant to it because I'm like, eh, I could do that in Photoshop. Yes, I can do that in Photoshop. But firing up Photoshop, just launching the application is at least ten seconds or eight seconds on my on my fastest computer. It's it's seven and a half seconds. And yes, I did count. Um, but then there's a lot of moving parts for that. And sometimes you just want to post a graphic. Right. Um, you know, part of our success at Data Driven and a lot of our other projects is is our speed of execution. Yep. Um, you know, because we do have other commitments and. You know, no one's going to care. Did I labor over this Photoshop graphic for seven hours? Or did I put something that was really good looking in Canva together in a couple minutes? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the artistic business. I'm in the business of getting knowledge out there. Right. And that's really it's, kind of. It's yeah. one of our favorite questions, Frank. What is the problem we're trying to solve? And what Absolutely. we want is to draw that eyeball. <clears throat> hey, OK, now now you'll consider clicking. Right. And in fairness, that should be the question everybody asks themselves. What am I trying to accomplish? What am I trying like, to solve? Yeah. Um, my boss, so much... hmm? my, my old boss and mentor, Ben McEwen, that was that was what he taught me. Cool. What is the problem you're trying to solve? No, that's yeah. good. It's always good to stay focused and We should grounded. get Ben on the show. That, that would be cool. That would be cool. Awesome. So with that, I'm going to end the show. As always, I'm going to stream. Um, if you notice, I've been streaming a lot more. I'm trying to do it every weekday for sure, maybe once uh, once or twice on a weekend. One day last week, I actually streamed twice in one weekday. So, what? Yep, yep. <laughs> it's okay. The LinkedIn, LinkedIn um, terms of service says I can do it up to four times. Really? So, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, a, maybe they've lightened it because I was in – I've been on LinkedIn Live a little over a year now, so they were kind of gotcha. like there was a whole list of things you had to, you know, agree to. I remember that. Well, I got on a few months ago, and right. it was they were still in the try to hold it to one. Right. <laughs> they, well, I think part of it is they don't want it to be like a TikTok. No, no knock on TikTok, right? I mean, yeah. like Instagram, where it's like somebody gotcha. stands in front of the thing and does this, and I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think they want to keep it more professional and kind of focused on a topic. Yeah. Which focus on the topic is not something we do really exceedingly well but i think you know what i mean we focus on a collection of topics oh i like that we iterate through a collection of topics. oh even better awesome <laughs> all right so with that i don't see any more questions in the chat thank you mohammed thank you mena thank you rupesh thank you alberto thank you thomas uh for commenting we really appreciate it um uh, i want to say you have a great day great evening i'll catch you tomorrow when i do my book review on uh, uh, the underdog advantage. So with that, I will sign off. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Data Driven. We know you're busy and we appreciate you listening to our podcast. But we have a favor to ask. Please rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you subscribe to us. You have subscribed to us, haven't you? Having high ratings and reviews helps us improve the quality of our show and rank us more favorably with the search algorithms. That means more people listen to us, spreading the joy. And, can't the world use a little more joy these days? Now, go do your part to make the world just a little better and be sure to rate and review the show.